Welcome to the Be Happy Remote podcast with your host, Sam Roberts. Join us as we talk practical tips and first steps to do well and be well whilst working remotely. This is a podcast for remote and hybrid workers and the HR or development professionals that enable them. In this episode of the Be Happy Remote podcast, we're going to look at the changing role of emotions in the workplace. We used to be told to check the emotions at the door when we step into the workplace to keep the personal and the professional separate. But we're not even stepping outside the door now, so where are we supposedly leaving these emotions when we're working from home or in a hybrid environment? We're blurring the lines between the personal and the professional. We have people working from their beds, from their spare bedrooms, from the kitchen counter, from the couch, from the dining table. They've got partners, pets, parents, pelotons, whatever it might be in the background. And so we can't ask people to leave their emotions at the door. We're going to look at two things in this podcast. Firstly, we're going to look at what toxic positivity is and how it's affecting workplaces, how the conversation is starting to shift there, but also what strategies you personally can implement to transform your workplace culture if it is one of toxic positivity. Then we're going to look at how emotions show up for you personally and how to manage that. I think it's important that we show up in an authentic way, but if we don't understand how our emotions show up, what triggers them and how to manage them, we're not going to be able to be successful in the workplace and we're not going to be able to create a life and a work career that we love um, and that supports our emotional well-being. One thing I want to address at the beginning of this episode is that I am not a psychologist. I'm not a registered therapist. What I am is a learning and development consultant and a passionate HR nerd who has gone through burnout myself and done a lot of study of emotions as part of that to help me try and get out of that place. So I'm going to look at emotions in the workplace from the perspective of the remote world of work and how you can grow, learn and develop to create a career that you love. If, like me, you joined TikTok during the pandemic, you've probably started to see these hashtag corporate millennial accounts or Gen Zers come out with huge followings, sharing humorous observations about the world of working from home. We've got accounts like at Rod or at Corporate Millennial with thousands upon millions of followers. And say what you will about TikTok as a platform, but it's helped many remote workers actually build a sense of community. Um, in what was otherwise an isolating experience for us all. And each of these TikTok accounts, I think, does great work at actually normalizing emotions in the workplace. And clearly thousands of people have found these videos relatable. So emotions are present at work. We just weren't talking about them before. Everyone experiences a full spectrum of emotions, um, and yet far too often we're told to check them at the door. Before the pandemic, toxic positivity was running rampant through the corporate world. And toxic positivity is this idea that we should be positive all the time, a sort of false positivity. It stops us from feeling our true emotions, or if we are feeling them, it stops us from presenting them in an authentic way. And so we're all tasked with hiding parts of ourselves at work. Have you ever asked somebody how they are just to get that immediate, generic, good, thanks, how are you? response. You know, this is a perfect example of toxic positivity or an example of us being told to leave our emotions behind. If you are interested in learning a bit more about toxic positivity, I recommend checking out Dr. Susan David. 
She has a TED Talk and she also has a podcast on the topic. Really interesting stuff. Now, it's not just Dr. Susan David fighting the good fight against toxic positivity. Forbes article wrote about how toxic positivity leads to a lack of trust. It decreases mental wellness. It results in higher turnover. It definitely results in burnout and even absenteeism as a result as well. So if you think emotions should be left out of the workplace, what you're actually doing is harming a company's overall productivity and performance. And to think about that for yourself, you're actually harming your own career. So TikTok has let the cat out of the bag. Emotions exist at work. They always did. We were just masking them. Now it's time for companies to create authentic spaces for emotions at work so we can all move forward productively. It's unfortunately not enough to just offer mental health benefits to your employees. Gartner survey shows that 87% of employees actually already have access to mental and emotional well-being benefits. So that's fantastic. But unfortunately, only 23% of people are actually using them. So companies can't just set up these benefits and assume people use them. They actually need to create cultures around these benefits that removes the stigma of mental health, removes the stigma about emotions at work and makes it okay for these things to be utilized and talked about in everyday work interactions. I often hear from people, I'm not a manager, I'm not a leader, so I have no control over the culture of my company. And that's just not true. As an individual, you can help to transform your culture at your company if it is toxically positive. And really, it comes by setting an example. So if someone asks you how you are, simply you can actually answer it honestly and start to shift the needle on that culture. It might seem really small, but you're showing other people that it is safe to talk about emotions, that it is normal to talk about emotions, and that there aren't going to be negative repercussions if you do talk about your emotions at work. So answer honestly. You might also want to try, if you're asking other people how they are, just change the question a little bit. We answer that question so automatically that we're not even thinking about it. But if you change the question slightly, you're going to get the person to pause and actually think about the question. It's not an automatic response for them. So some examples of that. You could ask them on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel today? You're giving them the vocabulary, 1 to 10, and you're assuming there is some level of emotion in there. Other ways you could ask is, tell me about your highs and lows of the week. You're actually getting them to use examples in that scenario rather than using language around emotions, which they might not necessarily have or be comfortable using at the moment. The last way you can try and ask is, is by saying, I've noticed a change in your behavior. How are you doing? How are you feeling? And prompting them with a behavioral change example. I mentioned briefly they might not have the language to talk about their emotions, but also you might not have that language. So I'd encourage everyone to look up the emotions wheel and get familiar with some of this language. Unfortunately, it's not vocabulary that I think a lot of us really learned or understood when we were younger. We didn't practice using it. Um, and so we don't know how to talk about our emotions. We say things like, we're happy, we're sad, we're angry. And these are really surface level emotions. They can be very nuanced. What does someone actually mean when they say they're angry or they say they're sad? Use the emotion wheel to dig deeper into that language for yourself 
but also to help other people use that language around their own feelings. And probing questions can help them to, to dig deeper into the, those emotions are. Often before you can start having conversations about emotions, honestly, though, you have to have actually invested in your relationships. So that's another action point for you. If you're working remotely, I know it can be isolating, but you more than anyone needs to invest time in building relationships for a myriad of different reasons. One of them being so that you can show up authentically and talk about your emotions at work. Because if you haven't invested in that relationship, it hasn't had a chance to build trust. And without trust, there's no such thing as authentic conversations about emotions. Dr. Brene Brown talks a lot about vulnerability in her research and sharing our emotions is a vulnerable thing to do. But she prefaces it by saying there's no such thing as vulnerability without boundaries. Not everyone has earned the right for us to be vulnerable with them. And she's not expecting anyone to do that. I'm not expecting anyone to do that either. I want you to invest in those relationships, build that trust, and then be able to have more authentic conversations about emotions and how that might be impacting your work at different times. I hope we now all agree that toxic positivity is on the way out and authentic emotions are on the way in when it comes to the workplace. If you follow Be Happy Remote on Twitter or on Instagram, you've probably heard me talk a bit about self-leadership. I believe it's the number one skill that every remote worker should be focusing on developing right now um, at any stage of your career. Self-leadership, it starts with self-awareness, understanding ourselves and our actions, and then using that knowledge as power to step into the driver's seat to lead our own career and lead our behavior. So from the perspective of emotions, this means understanding how your emotions show up at work what triggers them and how you can then manage them to your advantage in your career. There's so many different elements to this though. If you're trying to understand your emotions, there are layers to that. For example, women, we experience our emotions differently throughout the month. The triggers might be different. Men, you might've grown up in a society or you have grown up in a society where unfortunately you're not encouraged to share your emotions. So it might be harder for you to to step away from that toxic positivity culture. Or depending on your cultural background, you might be worried about different stereotypes. For example, the angry black woman stereotype. And so you might be more cautious when understanding your emotions and when starting to express them authentically. Also, if you're suffering from burnout, you're probably experiencing emotional extremes. It's a common sign of burnout. It means that you're triggered more quickly, you might get angry faster, but also you might find it a lot harder to step out of that mood or that emotion once you start feeling it. So it's really important that we're cognizant of all the different layers that are impacting our emotions at work and impacting how we show up authentically. There's a few activities you can do to get yourself more aware of how emotions affect you at work. And the first would be to do a brain dump in your journal around all the different ways emotions showed up for you in the last week at work or even the last day so you don't forget. Examples might be if you're on a Zoom call and the minute it ends, that smile drops from your face. I've been guilty of that one before. Jot that down. If you're venting a lot, jot that down. 
if you're imagining a conversation in your one-on-one or in your performance review that's coming up or for a presentation you've got coming up and that's your nerves showing up, jot that down. Or even when it comes to a work social event, how do you feel in those situations? So jot all of these things down. No judgments, just observations. Once you've done a brain dump and understand how your emotions are showing up at work, I want you to ask yourself a few questions to dig a little bit deeper. Firstly, what triggered that emotion? Was that trigger in your control or out of your control? What did that emotion feel like in your body? Where did you feel it? Did you tell anybody about that emotion, whether at work or in your personal life? How long did that emotion stick around for? And did it impact your work in any way? Your emotions and what triggers them and how you respond to things is something you developed over your entire lifetime. So don't expect that one quick brain dump is going to answer everything straight away. It's all about building that self-awareness and continuing to observe and understand ourselves. And then take that understanding and turn it into action. So there's a few things you can do to manage your emotions at work so that they are productive for you um, and also for everyone else around you. So there's a few simple things that I've learned in my own journey with trying to understand my emotions that honestly, I wish I learned earlier in life. So I'll share a few of those with you now. So first thing is quite simply just to name the emotion. We talked about the emotions wheel before, pull it out, name your emotion when you're feeling it because that reduces its power. Then you can distance yourself from that emotion by saying something like, my brain feels blah, blah, blah. Not I feel sad, not I feel anxious. My brain feels anxious. Separating it from you. Also realize that different emotions on the emotions wheel actually show up in your body in the same way. So knowing that, you can trick your brain. So something like, Feeling scared shows up for a lot of people in the same way as feeling excited. So you can trick your brain if you're nervous or scared about an interview or about a presentation coming up at work to say you're actually excited. You're excited about this interview as a new opportunity for you to land a great job and to transform your life, whatever it might be. So you can trick your brain in pretty cool ways. Um, when it comes to emotions. So when an emotion comes up, our goal is to accept it, pause so that we're not responding emotionally, and then we want to process it, understand it, and move through it. So accept, pause, process. But often it's not the emotion itself that needs the most management. We have to get really good at managing the self-talk that comes along with any emotion. So it's how you speak to yourself when you're experiencing an emotion. For example, let's say you're embarrassed, you made a simple mistake at work or you didn't anticipate something, you're feeling a little bit embarrassed. How do you talk to yourself to process that emotion? Are you saying something like, see, I suck, that's why I'm terrible at my job, that's why I'm not getting promoted, oh, they're just going to fire me over this and catastrophizing or blaming yourself? Or are you actually separating from that and saying like, oh, whoops, 
I made a mistake, what can I learn from it? The language you're using is so important. So when you're thinking about your self-talk and you're thinking about your emotions that you're feeling or what triggered them, really try and bring it down to a behavior or an action. It's when you start equating these to yourself and your identity, that's when we're in trouble. That's when we really need to manage it and process it um, and watch out for our self-talk. We really want to be thinking about a specific behavior or action and because that we can move on from rather than our identity, which can bring up a lot of shame. There you have a few strategies for managing your emotions. Once you've done the work, understand what's coming up for you, what's triggering them, and what's the self-talk that goes along with them. But if you're working remotely, just be cognizant of the fact that you're in a more isolated environment, so you maybe don't have someone to vent to. So make that time to process um, and reflect on the emotions that are coming up. And if need be, maybe you have to put a 15-minute chat on the calendar to clarify something, something that might have triggered you emotionally, but because potentially it's just a misunderstanding and clarification could shed light on that. Last thing I'll leave you with is just a reminder that when your emotions come up, they're telling you something. For example, when you're experiencing anger, it's usually that your needs are not being met. So make sure you've communicated those needs, you've set the relevant boundaries, um, and you can move forward from that anger in a productive way. The other thing they might be telling you is what your non-negotiables are. So reflect on that. Potentially, if you're looking for a new job or if you're feeling uneasy in your current job, it could be because these emotions are being triggered because your values aren't being met, your non-negotiables aren't being met. If that sounds like it might be you, jump over to my Gumroad store. I've got a free resource, which is a career value self-assessment, really quick 20-minute task that you can reflect on to help you work out if maybe some of your non-negotiables are not being met in your current role. In this episode, we've talked a lot about what you can do to transform a toxically positive work culture and also what you can do to reflect on and manage your own emotions working remotely. But if someone comes to you in an emotional state, one thing I like to remember is to ask them if they just want to vent or if they want strategies and solutions. Now, it's that part of the podcast where we talk about first steps. If you're new to the podcast, every episode we end off with a discussion of what our first steps are that compound towards big changes. So for me, when it comes to the changing role of emotions and everything we've talked about in the podcast today, I think my first step that I want to take is just to get better at asking people how they are and when someone asks me, responding with a true and honest response to how I am because I can get caught up in the um, positive vibes only approach which is classic toxic positivity so I want to be part of the solution there in terms of my work culture. What are you going to do? Don't forget to check out all the good stuff in our show notes and if you're enjoying the podcast please leave us a review and be sure to follow or subscribe to stay up to date with future episodes. That's it for this episode of the Be Happy Remote podcast with your host, Sam Roberts. Join us next time as we discuss practical tips and first steps to be well and do well whilst working remotely. Because hey, 
you can craft a remote career and life worth loving.